I feel Jason in this chilies tonight. Spooky season greetings and salutations and welcome to Hacker Slash. If you're joining us again, welcome back. I'm going back to bed. Wanna come? If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack. A total joke. A waste of time. Or a slash. Totally killer. Pun intended. We believe horror is for everyone, and as such, we're rating these movies with the perspective we've gained from our varying walks of life and the flavors of fear we fancy most. My name is Chris. I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. This week, I'm joined by the super fly space guy, Mac. The first time I saw the enormous size of your beautiful wallet. The classic horror connoisseur, Sean. Personal penis enlarger. The paranormal paramour, Binks. You know what I like about you? You hardly sweat at all. And freshly resurrected from the dead, Nuestra Amiga de los Muertos, Vero. Need a little touch-up? My ass. This week, Vero has rejoined us as we're commemorating her birthday with a franchise featuring an iconic hockey mask-wielding killer. Before we get to light our birthday candles, though, we have some follow-up. Let's follow up on a season. And as part of this season, we want to say welcome to all of the new patrons as part of our New Blood Drive. We've got quite a few, and uh, you know, one, welcome to the family, two, we're going to need some more chairs, and three, there's plenty of solo cups, so fill up. Uh, so first off, let's get into some names. Miggy, Drew, Patrick, Elizabeth, Zunikin, Jordan. Secondly, welcome to all of you. I love all of you as as, as my children, honestly. Um, welcome to the family, okay, that is Hacker Slash. Oh, we're so happy to have you, and I hope to see some of you, at least some of you, down at the meetup later tonight. It's going to be a great time. Also, thank you to those who signed up to our premium tier and we'll be getting our very, very beautiful sixth anniversary poster. Ooh. Although, if I see any of these things going for a high price on eBay, I'm going to be a little bit upset. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would be very disappointed. Should I reveal the secret now about what our folks who are going to the meetup get? Hmm. Oh, I don't know, because I love surprises, you know? Okay, we'll hold the surprise then. You got to sneak attack a little, you know? Okay, okay, okay. And that's our follow-up. Well, speaking of new blood, our patrons are treated to nine weeks of rewinds this spooky season as we look back on six years of our show's history. Now, over on the patron feed right now, they're treated to a rewind of the movie we reviewed during our very first episode of the show, which released publicly on Friday the 13th of October, 2017. For this episode, though, we're checking out a movie we've been working up to for a long time. In fact, we started covering this very franchise in our second episode of Hacker Slash, and it's been our tradition ever since to revisit this franchise every Friday the 13th. Now, the last time we were here, Tommy Jarvis and Megan Garris sent Jason to a watery grave by chaining him to a boulder that was sunk at the bottom of Crystal Lake. In this week's film, though, he's inadvertently freed from his chains by a means you might not expect, and he's looking to continue his reign of terror. This week, we're talking about Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. Who's seen this one before? Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> Very fitting, Vito. Very fitting. We were talking about water. We were talking about drowning. I don't know. It just came to me. <laughs> I mean, it works. Yeah, look at me. I'm the captain now. Oh, my gosh. I have actually not seen this movie. So now we're entering oh. unknown territory for me, which is kind of funny, considering some things that we're going to get into about this movie. Holy shit. And its similarities to something else. That's really wild. I'm realizing now that when I met you and we did the horror trivia, you had binged the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, not Friday the 13th. I wasn't assigned Friday the 13th, no. Holy shit. I've watched like here and there. And when we did part six, I'd watched up until part six and I stopped. Okay. 
So like I've seen Jason X, I've seen like, you know what I mean? Like certain ones, but this one I hadn't seen. But you haven't seen Jason take Manhattan. <sighs> I think I probably have seen scenes because I remember certain things of him in Manhattan. Granted, do I remember that because I've like watched clips and stuff or because I've actually seen the movie? When we get there, we'll get there. I guarantee you've seen a little bit of it because that movie was playing in Scream 6. Ironic. That's right. In the Yeah, but that was so brief. It's just a bunch of like wet sewer rats everywhere. Yeah. You're not wrong. A true New York movie. There's a bunch of wet rats. Probably smells bad. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I remember that movie purely. I don't know why. Every time I hear Jason Takes Manhattan, I instantly am brought to a night where where I literally rented a VHS version of this movie at a blockbuster with my dad and watched it. I don't know why, but that every time it's just that exact moment of watching this film. And that was, I don't even think that was the first time I watched the film. Oh, that's so sweet, though. It's very endearing. Yeah. I got married on Friday the 13th because I love Friday the 13th so much. The first time I got married, I should say that, and then quickly got divorced. But the first time it was a Friday the 13th. That feels on brand for you, the, the Friday the 13th date, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have so many 13s tattooed on me. Nice. Yeah. I know we I know we're talking about other movies in this franchise and we lo- we lost track of this movie, but I I have definitely seen this movie before as well. I, I think it's been a while since I've seen this movie, but the funny thing is is that I've probably seen every single Friday the 13th movie including the remakes, reboots, whatever at some point over the years, but I honestly don't think that I have ever watched them in order. Oh, I do that every year. Every year in order, every single, actually just the first eight. Those are like my jams every year without, it's like you watch the Gilmore Girls every year and then you watch Friday the 13th every year. That's like the only, only things. I've never seen a Gilmore Girl. Gilmore Girls, Friday the 13th. Yeah, very similar. Friday the 13th, I try to get through on Friday the 13th if I'm not working. Halloween, I watch every timeline in the universe many times. And then Twilight, I watch every year. That's about it. Well, Twilight, obviously. I don't have these yearly binges that you that you all have. I need to probably start doing that or something. I don't know. But I, the last time I did a binge of sorts was this movie. Um, so I did Friday the 13th, 1 through 7, back four years ago now, I think is what it was. It was like right after starting this podcast. And this was the furthest I made because I ran out of time. And I just haven't picked it up since. But uh, this was, yeah, this is the last one I got to watch in that in that two-day binge. Mm, yeah, I've seen this movie several times before. And here's the thing about the Friday the 13th franchise for me. It doesn't start out great for me. I don't really care for the first film, but I do like part two, part three. And then everything that we get that takes place on one night, I'm all about that shit. And really, at this point in the franchise, at least going into this, I was thinking, man, this is when shit starts getting a little weird for me. I know that we obviously get Jason Takes Manhattan in part eight, but this is a point where I haven't rewatched these films as many times as I've rewatched the core films of what happens on Friday the 13th with Jason's reappearance and transformation from Sackhead to Hockey Mask Jason. And let me just say for a moment, 1988, was I alive yet? No. Was it a great year for horror? Absolutely. We got new movies from Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Hellraiser, Phantasm, Child's Play. Dude. That was a time to be alive. All the classics. For sure. And some that weren't even classics yet, but were on their way to becoming classics. The rise of the classic slashers. That was some good shit. 
I was alive in 1988. I wasn't as cool as I currently am. But I think the 80s in general is like where I want to live. So Mac, to your point, I watch it every year because I just want to go back in time and like pretend that the outside isn't real and that I still live somewhere where Crystal Lake is like across the street. I just want to go there. I love that. What a fucking vibe. Going into this one, though, I fully expected to not like this movie. And I can't tell you why specifically. I expected it to not be a great time. Not that I would actively hate it, but I expected it to feel like, okay, yeah, this is where the franchise starts getting real bad. I'm right there with you, though, because I was also expecting it to be bad. I was expecting it to be played out, ridiculous camp, like a plot that screams that they're running out of shit to do with Jason at this point. And that's saying a lot because I actually liked part six. And by then I was like, how is it that I like this movie and I'm kind of not digging all the other ones prior? So I don't know. But I was like, you know what? I already had like a high. There's no way that it can keep going from here. I've had my fill. Everything else past this has to be trash. I, I mean, it's it's Jason we're talking about, right? Like it's Friday the 13th. It's a Friday the 13th film. So I'm expecting there to be like, you know, a pretty decent kill count, right? I think that's fair, right? It's an 80s slasher. So I'm expecting there to be some teenagers making some dumb decisions decisions resulting in their inevitable deaths. So I I don't know. I would not expect great acting or a super great storyline, but you can only really hope for some juicy kills. You know what I mean? That's what you're hoping for in these films. And you know what? This time, a juicy Jason. Mm. Okay. I hated that. A juicy Jason? You're gross. This boy's wet. (laughs) I don't don't think I ever want to say a juicy Jason ever. Get your juicy Jason now. It's like gum, juicy fruit, Jason. Yeah, it has to taste like seaweed or something. Anyway, I want to say that Friday the 13th does have a few, like some of my favorite kind of gory kills. Like this movie, obviously, going into the seventh, you're not like, okay, there's no Kevin Bacon in this movie, you know? So like, you're already kind of expecting that it might not be like, I might not have a crush on anybody in this movie. So I was already disappointed with that. But it's still Friday the 13th. So you're still going to see some really nice axe work, some really nice kind of like bloody guts. But I was curious, how the fuck were they going to bring him back? Right? Like, in my head, I'm like, motherfucker, your neck cracked. It went, clack. you know what I mean? So like, how the fuck? Yeah, your neck cracked after being struck by lightning and being resurrected. Yeah. Yeah, like, nah, motherfucker, you are okay. So that was the one thing that I was like, all right, let's see what happens. But yeah, to Binks's point, it does get shittier from here. This is one of those situations, I think, where it's very similar to many other movies where the the, the titles, or in this case, maybe like subtitles, uh, just don't match the movie and they're completely out of place. So when you're watching Batman movies, like Batman and Batman Returns, like those kind of work, but but Batman Forever doesn't make sense, right? Because it's really, it should be called Batman and Robin, and Batman and Robin doesn't make sense because it should really be Batman Forever or something else. I don't know. But this one is like so similar. And so I was trying to think back to the time when I binged it and I'm like, the new blood, the new blood, the new blood. And the only thing I could think of when watching the new blood was Jason Lives. And I'm like, no, we just did Jason Lives though. This should have been called Jason Lives and Jason Lives should have been called the new blood. Maybe, Mm. maybe a new beginning is what part six should have been called. Like the titles just don't work for the content of the films. And so I really, I didn't even look into it. I I didn't want to like try to remember. I was just, whatever. I've seen it. 
And when I start watching, I don't know what goes on, but I completely just totally forgot what was in this because the title just does not do it any, any justice. It just doesn't add up. Yeah. I think looking at the original intention though, like getting back to the original set of movies you have a different hero in almost every movie you have a little bit of continuity like chris makes an appearance in one of the movies in the background in the hospital we have alice who makes an appearance at the beginning of the second movie but by and large different and different protagonists every time and then you switch to movies that featured tommy jarvis and this movie being called The New Blood was supposed to introduce a new main character who was going to continue for a couple films. And then they just didn't continue that. So it could have worked until they decided to make it not work, which is, you know, unfortunate. It should have been called. It's not the new. It's like a little bit of blood. It's not the new blood. It's <laughs> yeah. a little bit. It's the drop of blood. A smidge of blood. Yeah, absolutely. Which is a bummer. And I think looking back on this movie, the biggest thing that I remember it for is being Kane Hodder's first appearance as Jason. Ya boy is Jason, right? And what a great fucking presence he has. And to know that this is the first time that he suits up, man, I was feeling so much comfort and, and almost like reassurance, right? Again, going into this thing, like, man, this thing is going to be super shitty and thinking, no, we got a fucking badass Jason in this one because that man has presence and he almost has like an amount of rage that you don't see in Jason before this at all. This man's over here flipping tables. The way that he's moving, it just feels so menacing. And I felt a lot of that when watching this one. I also love the return to the previously on Friday the 13th flashbacks, this time with narration from Crazy Ralph. Like that shit fucking hit. Did you like that? I did like it. Not that it's great all the time. Yeah, yeah. But it reminded me of the Friday the 13th movies I liked best. So in that in that respect, I, I liked it. Let me tell you though, I also felt, what the fuck business does this movie have going on for five minutes before it even actually begins? Because you get the opening narration, then you have the worst opening credits of all time, which is just white text on a black background that jumps in and out, but not even to the beat of the fucking music. Oh, are you talking about the Law and Order Jason Voorhees unit opening <laughs> credits? <laughs> yes, exactly that. Okay, now that you bring that up. I was digging it at first probably because of that, right? It was triggering and it was like bringing me back to my childhood watching SVU with my mother like constantly. But then after a while, it gets to the point where I was like, damn, you know, research on how like our attention span has just dropped dramatically must be true because I was like, bro, let me, let me fast forward this. Like enough is enough. Glad all these people were involved. Props to you. Thanks for everything. Your work is appreciated. I don't give a fuck anymore. Let's go. Yeah, I think for me, it was it was more of a bummer. Like Tom Matthews is in six, which obviously, if you know me, Return of the Living Dead, that's my boy. So I instantly was like, yes, hottie, get get Jason. And then he's in the beginning credits. So I'm like, whoa, because, you know, spoiler alert, I guess we all fucking saw it. He didn't die in six. So I was like, hell yeah, he's going to come back. This is going to be great. So I got excited. And then the fucking five hour credits. I'm like that his name's not in there. So instantly I went it's such an emotional roller coaster because I realized after they told us who's going to be in the movie I'm like none of these motherfuckers are good. <laughs> Sheesh. Well, I can tell you one thing that I felt while watching this and it was slight boredom. 
It was literally slight boredom. I, I just felt like this one was trying to be really fun and campy, but this is one of the ones in the franchise that I feel like maybe didn't land the plane properly in those areas, right? Maybe they were even trying too hard. I don't know. But I usually get past a lot of that with like the lack of plot and like the whole rooting for Jason to kill these kids. But I just felt a whole lot of nothing during, I don't know, almost the entire movie for some reason. I, I thought, yeah, I don't know. It was just slight boredom. Ooh, I am right there with you because even after the opening credits where I was like, okay, my attention span is being challenged here. That was the duration of the the rest of the movie. I was like, oh no, this, this can't be good, right? Like, is it me? Am I the problem? And now I feel like I'm not. So thank you. That's intense. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I I wasn't expecting that from Sean, to be honest, because I thought you were going to be like a fanboy till the end. But it makes sense. I think the one thing I will say is that the first few scenes, I align with Tina, the main character, because I'm like, listen, big trauma. I'm into it. Like, fuck some shit up. But then instantly got disappointed. There could have been more. There could have been, it could have been done better. Yeah. I'm with you, Sean. I love Friday the 13th. I watch it every year. I sit through this movie every single year, but I feel like you have to watch it in order. Because if not, if you just sit and watch this one, you're like, get me out of here. Yeah, you have to be in that space. You have to just be vibing with Friday the 13th. I can see that for sure. It's it, And maybe that is just watching it because it's been a long time since we watched the sixth one and I haven't revisited this franchise until now. So maybe that is it, just watching it as a standalone. That's really interesting where I think you found this to be rough. I maybe just went into this with way lower expectations because I was surprised how much better this felt on a rewatch. Like truly, it really was not as bad as I remember. And I think I'm really giving it like Jason goes to hell energy because I I expected the fucking worst from this shit. And especially when you get into the spoiler zone and we can unpack the dynamic of our central character here. This had all the makings of a dumb movie. It it did, right? It really had the potential to just be pretty trash. But I instead, I actually found it really fun. I was disappointed, though, in how much the MPAA stripped from this movie in terms of gore. And I'm even more disappointed that Paramount destroyed the outtake so we can never get that restored. Like, that is the worst part of this whole experience. Because if you had been able to extend this cut a bit, there would have been some gold. I was going to say, you can definitely feel it because you don't even get full satisfaction from any of these kills, really. You barely see certain, you know, certain kills. It's very subtle. And sometimes that's cool. I don't think that's the point in this kind of franchise, though. Like, it, that's set for certain movies, not fucking Jason, obviously. So some of the kills were kind of creative, and you could tell that they were trying to do something within the confines of, you know, just in case it felt like... I. That's probably not what it was, right? But some of them are cool, but it's not enough. It's definitely overshadowed by just like, what? Are, I feel like I'm watching a kitty film, like a kitty horror film at this point. You know, when I was watching this, I, I've seen it before, obviously, as, as part of my binge. And I go into watching this and I have very limited time. And so I did a thing. I watched it, at, I think, between 1.25 and 1.5x speed. <laughs> Okay, so you nice. can judge me for it, but... I'm not judging. I just think that's wild. I'm almost regretting that I didn't do that is really what it is. Oddly enough, so it actually worked really well. Some of the sound effects don't land perfectly when you when you do it this way, but it ended up speeding up to be able to watch the full movie within one hour almost exactly. And that worked out really well for me. And it was kind of nice. But I think the pacing doesn't present itself 
that badly when you're, when you're watching it that way. But what became more clear though is how deliberate the camp was to me for some reason at that speed. It became like really clear that this is on purpose. And I think it shows when you start at the first one and you work your way here that like, they are just beginning, they're just getting faster and looser with it. They're like, they're completely okay. And they've almost, I think they've really kind of embraced it by this point. I think the previous film, they went a little bit hard in the paint with the camp. And this one, they're like, let's rein it in just a little bit, but we're going to still do it on purpose. We're going to still make it part of the film. And there's a lot of lines that go into that. Unfortunately, some of the kills are just so neuter that you just don't get enough to judge whether or not they were actually campy. And they just kind of seem very tame here, which is, which is really at the detriment of the film, because I think it kind of makes Jason look boring in, in, in a way, because we see like that whole cut, we see movement and then they cut and then we see a dead body and you're just like, Oh, so Jason's bigger and stronger and faster and more menacing, but also weaker. Is that kind of what we're getting? It's weird. So it, it's unfortunate to know. I didn't realize that all those takes had been destroyed. And, and I'm kind of upset by that. But I don't know. I'm, I'm watching this though. And we get a lot of different kills with a lot of different tools. And I'm thinking back to a previous, a previous episode where we talked about enjoying just eating some chicken nuggets sometimes, you know, whatever that like cheap and easy food is that you can expect consistency on every single time. And I think that's what I feel about Jason. Jason's the guy with the hockey mask, right? He's the guy with the machete, right? That's what you expect. You stab people, you cut their limbs off, you cut their heads off. That's Jason. You got to love it. At some point, he's in water. Don't know why, but he's always in the water. And so in this one, it's like, did he even get many kills, like percentage-wise, with a machete? And so it was kind of, while watching this, kind of a letdown. Like, they're trying to get too spicy with it. I don't want you to be that spicy. You know, he doesn't have to be innovative. He just needs to be the big medicine guy in a hockey mask killing people with a machete. And that, and that's just like, as a brand, what makes me happy. And so, yes, I love embracing the camp. I love going for that. It's a bummer we lost out in the blood. But while watching this, I kept thinking, I just, I need my classic Jason and I need my classic Jason kills. I need that. I need the chicken nugget that, that I've known and, and expected this whole time. Beak and all. You want the beak. You want the feet. You want everything in that chicken nugget. Mm. Grind it up, smooth it out, fry it, and let me eat it. Smooth it out. Man, I feel like this was chicken nuggets, though. Like, this movie was not doing much different. I mean, like, granted, our protagonist is super different, but beyond that, I feel like this is pretty standard fare for a Friday the 13th movie. I do think that Jason is more menacing here than he has been in several movies leading up to this point. And I obviously, this movie is not one that's going to scare you. But I do think that Jason is enough to gross you out kind of a little bit sometimes. Your boy was squishy. I loved it. I always knew he was missing some teeth, obviously, but like, I love that. Oh. But I do want to say one thing. First off, Mac, you're fucking genius. Like, so many of my frustrations were getting like, I felt like maybe it's because I'm on medicine finally for my ADHD. But I was like, why, why is shit going so slow? Like I genuinely, I was getting so anxious because I felt like it had to go faster. So I'm going to rewatch it two two times. I'm going to fucking go all the way to two. I'm going to be like, ooh. I don't know how anyone can process things at that point. People listen to podcasts at 1.25, 1.5, sometimes two times. And I'm like, I don't fucking know how because I can barely hear it normally. I I do. I do. Yeah, I listen to audiobooks and, and podcasts and too. Oh, that's how you get through all of our episodes so quick. Sure do. Still catch everything, though. The one thing, though, 
And I think the, to Sean's point of this being boring, I think it was like a little bit of a cock tease, right? Like the blades didn't go all the way in. Shouldn't have said that <laughs> that way. Perfect. Perfect context. Yes, you should have. You said it and you meant it. I meant it. I wanted the full kill. Like I wanted the to see the blade go all the way. I wanted to like see the gush. I wanted to feel like I could smell it, but I did not. I, it, it was very disappointing. I think I think it's more like just being caught off guard by like the dynamic and the main protagonist that you were talking about, Chris. And I think I know we'll talk about that later, but I think that was a little bit more of the disappointing piece. But to your point, like I didn't find I didn't find this one to be very scary. I didn't even feel like there were any effective jump scares or anything in this film. Like there literally wasn't. Like I think these films at some point, you know, started to gear towards just trying to please like the average young teenage viewer with fun camp sex and just mindless kills that it just became less about the scare or the fright and just more about like what are we going to see Jason do next? Do you know what I mean? And and all of these things, you know, can be argued to describe that movie or this movie or this franchise or whatever but one thing it for sure is not is scary or frightening in any way yeah i i I think i agree here i don't i don't really find jason as just like a a scary guy you know and i think if you're going to model an antagonist off of michael myers you got to aim for a little bit a little bit scarier you know when 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 you pick a slow moving dude that already is going to work pretty well you don't have to do too much crazy when you add on a mask and you add on a signature weapon like you're absolutely headed in the right direction i think when they when they made the change in the previous film to make him supernatural it just made him a campy killer and it's it's really kind of silly you know it's just not it's really not that scary i will say back in the day jason was known as like the straight edge you know like killer he was like our our hero because he hated sex he hated drugs he was like wow he was the straight edge warrior so i think i have that connection with him because i know that yeah he's there's gonna be a lot of sex and if you have sex, you're pretty much going to die. But this one did have a little twist. Not not all people, which we'll talk later, died that, you know. You know, and hey, there's something about that little bit of a twist. I find that this movie has a great reputation. And within the context of being a horror movie, within the context of being a Friday the 13th movie, this shit is more of the same. It does do something different and it 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 dares to do what no friday the 13th has done before it should it have probably not but it does blend some some lore some some other supernatural elements that we've seen in other horror properties and i think that is a bold strategy i wouldn't give it originality points for that but you know what shout out to them for having so many out or weren't out at the time but came out later cast members on this film there are so many so many actors in this movie who are gay and i absolutely love that for them that's progress that's awesome including the mom you look at her and you just know i don't know who she thought she was kidding with that fucking mullet come on i was gonna say the mullet might have given it away yeah it did it's also the hands you can tell by the hands oh my god the fucking hand thing the hands she probably played softball yep and probably practiced her signature good job yeah you know, that that's progress. I enjoy looking back on this movie with that lens, but I think I still struggle the most with the ending because it's super fucking meh. It's not like it's a 
bad conclusion in the final moment, but some of the shit we do to get to the ending, like the mechanics that are employed to get the resolution to this film, I'm like, could we just not? Like, it could have been easier. We could have gone a different way. It didn't have to be all this. It was a lot. Don't even get me started on this ending because it was just, I don't know. It's just as absurd, if not more absurd, than how he was brought back to life in the first place. So the ending, yeah, don't even get me started. It was, it was in a way, some parts super predictable, but still like super silly and far fetched. And the final showdown or whatever just felt. I don't know. It felt so wild. It was a little lackluster for all that was going on to me. What's wild to me is that it was already kind of basic and a little bit dumb. And I I hate saying that about movies, like using the word dumb, but it also could have looked better. And someone made the intentional petty decision for it to not look better to spite someone else on the movie. And I'm like, this movie is just dramatic. I feel like that drama right there is probably better than the whole movie as a sum. Because, yeah, the, what I, what the ending is giving is like, if your friends that really wanted to be actors were like practicing for an audition, that's what the acting was like in that ending. It was pretty, it was pretty trash. I'm not gonna lie. I will say they try to integrate one of like the most prolific references, or rather, there's like two or three. You mentioned it earlier, Chris. Like there's two or three films I feel like that have a heavy influence in the plot of this one. And they're trying to integrate that as much as possible in this like big showdown. But it's just like, God, it's pretty painful. It's pretty painful to watch. I think it's very cheesy. It would have looked so much cooler in theory and maybe on paper, but in practice, just as forgettable as the rest of the movie. I agree. If you are watching this movie and you're like Netflix and chilling, you're already asleep. You know what I mean? Like the you're not going to get to this ending because this shit's already like it's whack. And I I legit love Friday the 13th. I'm saying it like love it. The whole franchise. I still watch this movie even though it like literally makes me cringe when we get to the end. But yeah, no, it's crazy. You're speaking to my spirit right now because I think you just painted the picture of me watching this movie. I watched this movie running on basically basically eight hours of sleep in the last 48 hours. So I was like doing whatever it took. I even bait, I, I let the movie go at one point just to bake some chocolate chip cookies just to get some like, you know, sugar in me or something just to keep going. So you're absolutely correct, Vettel. That was really just a, a take on me watching this movie. Yeah, this isn't, you can do your errands while you watch this movie for sure. Like laundry, you can do all of it and you didn't miss anything. Which is good. You need, you sometimes you need movies like that. That's true. So, you know, there's that. Wow, I I didn't do any laundry. I was actually eating a meal while watching this, so I was basically just paying attention. You know, m- making sure food is not dropping out of my mouth is the the most I had to do aside from watching this. So I didn't have a ton of problems with the ending in comparison to the rest of the film because it's really so tied into one of the most ridiculous aspects of this film, and that's really I think where all the the problems come from is they just they had to like double down and get really into it, and it it does make it even sillier. So it's like, you know, we have most of the film where the silliness is kind of like at a 50% and they were like, yo, 150% for the ending. And really they should have even, they, they should have just gone down to zero or just gone even further. Go to 200%. Take it as far as you can take it. Put most of the budget into the ending and make it absolutely crazy. And I think it would have made it more enjoyable, but it, they really didn't lean hard into it. And I think this particular aspect of our protagonist, uh, could have been way more explosive, could have been way more interesting. And, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to go campy, if you're going to go kind of crazy, if you're going to have a supernatural aspect to a movie whatsoever, and we already started 
out with a Jason that returns to life, you know, just go crazy with it. And they, they really just had a, a missed opportunity. I didn't know about the drama, you know, with, be, between the cast and the crew or whatever was going on there, Chris. So that's interesting to know because they, they really, it sounds like c- could have gone further and decided not to. And that's really sad. Wow. You know, you keep saying they could have been more explosive. And yet I think there was enough explosive in that ending. Again, the rest of it, it's really giving Silly Goose. Like, if you could see Silly Goose made up as a movie, it's the fucking ending of this. And even despite that, I'm still sensing a little bit of, like, one of these things is not like the other, and one of those things might be me. But let's go ahead and start making our way towards our ratings. Before we actually score this movie, though, Sean, how would you describe the gore score? It's it's interesting, right? Because there is some gore in this movie. Like you get some shots of like what's happening with some of these kills, but I and I it all kind of makes sense now when I'm reflecting on it because I didn't know that they actually purposely pulled the gore out of the movie for whatever to get a specific rating probably or some crap like that. But yeah, I mean it's it it's it's whatever they did with that plus like the majority of these kills were just not super memorable. And that's maybe why the gore, like being gone, maybe had a, had a part in that. Now it all kind of makes sense now, but either way, I feel like the gore score for this one should still land somewhere in the medium territory. Like, don't get me wrong. We get a fair amount of kills in this movie, but they didn't really go like all out with the gore, which makes sense now. So you're seeing some shots, which I think is enough for you to be like, okay, that's kind of, that's kind of gory, right? But it's not enough to bring it into high territory. It's still going to get a solid medium because of their poor decision. That's fair. And what about the animal report? You know, we are actually all safe in this film. Yeah. I still think back to the original Friday the 13th where they actually IRL killed a snake. Oof. Throw it back to episode two of Hacker Slash. Well, let's go ahead and get into our ratings then and away from that bummer. Friday the 13th, part seven, the new blood from 1988. Was it a hacker or a slash? I'll start us off. And I have to say, friends, I didn't have high hopes for this movie because I already knew that I was liking part six a little too much. It was a little too good to be true. So late in the franchise, so much so that I was afraid to keep watching in the franchise, right? And it wasn't as ridiculous as its predecessors. I feel like, I mean, there's definitely challenged a bit. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm trying to give it too much of its flowers, but I just feel like it didn't hook me like it needed to. And that's why I was like, okay, maybe I need to stop while I'm ahead. I just feel like the main character had potential for me to like love her because of who she is and the things that we all get into into the spoiler zone, but call it a hot take, which maybe for some listeners doesn't sound like it with this crew. It's just really fucking bland. This movie is so, so bland. I don't even think it's like funny honestly, which is unfortunate because I know that so far me and camp, sometimes we vibe, sometimes we don't. But this is the kind of camp that just does not stick with me whatsoever. I didn't even laugh. I didn't find some things funny except for one or two couple moments, but it's honestly just going to have to be a hack for me. However, we mentioned it a little bit earlier. It's a hack, but I wouldn't exclude it from a binge session. I think it needs to be watched. It's kind of like when you're watching like an anime honestly is the best thing i can compare it to there's got to be filler episodes you can skip if you'd like but just watch it it's gonna pass and now that we know that you can put it into you know 1.5 speed i would definitely recommend that for sure i have a question and i'm not gonna score this yet but my question for you binks is is this movie giving camp as in tent camping when maybe you crave glamping is that the difference here like you want some more refined camp sophisticated camp i would like more refined camp where like 
I bought the tent from, I don't even know, like a Lowe's, you know, but I feel like what I got was a hand-me-down Dollar Tree. It's just falling apart, dude. It's falling apart. Some Cub Scouts making a lean-to. Yeah. It's just a sheet on a stick. And the sheet is rough. It's got like bed bugs in it or something. Nice. And it's raining. Yeah. And it's raining. But you know what? All that being said, though, it's still shelter. So I'll take it. But it is shitty. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump in on that note, on such a positive high note there. I'm going to give this a slash. And uh, that might be surprising, might not be surprising. It doesn't really matter. I just think I watched this at normal speed and I watched it at 1.5 speed. And in both cases, it's a freaking Jason movie. It's Friday the 13th. You know what I mean? It's Friday the 13th. You should know what to expect. Maybe after part two, any like even part one a little bit. When you get to, when you get to part two though, and then you, and you make it to part three, and then you make it to part four, your expectations should, should be very low by this point. And so anything past that should be pretty much satisfactory as long as Jason is actually Jason. If Jason is surprisingly not himself and it's somebody else pretending to be him, that's a letdown. I'm going to be disappointed. But if Jason shows up and Jason kills people, it's a Friday the 13th movie. We're having fun. And, and there's a little bit of camp. There's, of course, unnecessary nudity and sex. There's young folks doing stupid things and making horrible decisions. Uh, like, what's not to like here? And we're even in the woods this time. So you can't knock it. You know, we haven't made it to the wrong locale yet. I think when we get there, it might be a different story for me. We're going to find out together here. But uh, I think if you got Jason in the woods with uh, sharp weapons and he's hurting people, and as long as it's just people, I'm okay with it. So overall, a slash. Mac, we're buddies tonight. I feel like we're like saying the same shit, but at different speeds. Is this thing on? No. Okay. So reality is it's Friday the 13th. I'm going to enjoy it no matter what. Jason is buff as hell. Like, yo, he's strong, which is beautiful. I think I go through life not expecting a lot. And so far, I feel pretty good about some stuff. So I think I'm going to continue doing that. I would watch this over a lot other kind of camp movies. But my one caveat is that I do have to watch it as a binge. So I can't watch it just on its own. You have to at least watch part six to be able to be okay with watching this one. I think that's my only kind of caveat. So for me, it's still going to be a slash. Nice. You see, I, I hear I hear what you and, and Mac are saying because I too, I enjoy a lot of the Friday the 13th franchise. You might even say I, I enjoy most of the franchise, right? Like there, there's just something about this film that just didn't hit for me. Like I think if you look back on Friday the 13th part six, Jason Lives, it's amazing. I, I mean, it's not like the best, most mind-blowing movie of all time, but it's a, it's a fun Friday the 13th film. And then you get to part seven. And don't get me wrong, there's some cool moments. There were some cool kills. I, I love camp, but I didn't necessarily feel the camp in this movie was great at all. Like I felt like it was kind of, it fell flat in a lot of areas and almost too forced. And it just didn't work in a lot of different ways. And Overall, the plot, it was just a little off the walls. Like the characters were even less interesting than usual for one of these films. Like, yes, Mac, there was sex in this movie, but you didn't really see much. So there wasn't enough sex in this movie. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't enough, like, I don't know. It just, there just, there was, it was missing some special pizzazz that you get from the other ones, right? 
the kills are just not super memorable. Maybe that's because of the poor choice of the gore whole drama thing. This one fe- uh, truly felt like a, I don't know, it just felt a little bit boring, like I said earlier. And I found myself having a hard time caring about much of anything in the film. And it's that's disappointing because I love Friday the 13th film. So especially coming off that last installment that we did, this one just kind of just felt really lackluster. And I, I usually, like I said early, find enjoy and amusement in rooting for Jason and just watching these kids die. But I just didn't get that same feeling in this one. And for that, I kind of feel like I have to hack this movie. Like I can't slash every single Friday the 13th because I love Friday the 13th in general. This one just didn't land in the frame franchise and that's not my fault and i'm not going to feel bad about it so it's a hack there you go sean one of us one of us i'm gonna somehow glue betsy palmer's head back and have her come get you (laughs) just for saying that man maybe it's a virgo thing not being able to have fun with this movie maybe whoa that was an insult it just wasn't that fun no <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. How is that an insult? Ver, we have fun. The fuck? You do have fun. You have a lot of fun. You have a lot of fun with things that I can't have fun with. But maybe this is the point where I can have fun with this. And maybe it's just a little bit too bland for you. Like, I'm a very plain person. I don't dip my fries in things. If I get a burger or something, rarely do I ever get sauce. You know what I mean? And this is just a basic fare. I'm not super jazzed on Friday the 13th. I watch it. Because it's a tradition at this point, just for Friday the 13th, I watch it because it's Jason. But for me, Jason has always gotten better the further you go into the franchise. It does hit a dangerous point of no return, and then it kind of reboots itself, and that's fine. When we start getting to space, I'm here for it. This movie, like another one that we've reviewed recently, is good but not great. And it's it's one of those that that's acceptable. This movie doesn't need to be immaculate this movie doesn't need to be the most exciting thing i've ever seen for it to still just be a fun vibe of a slasher and i found myself just chilling here enjoying this movie even with all the gore removed while i wished we had gotten more it didn't do so much to completely take it away from me but hey that's me and slashers are my junk food So what do I know? I'm absolutely going to slash this movie. And with that, Friday the 13th, part seven, the new blood from 1988 has earned three slashes and two hacks. Now you can find this movie online. Check the link in our show notes to see where you can find it right now. Then join us in the second half so we can unpack this movie for our birthday together. We'll see you in a bit. Ah, for those looking to expand their horizons and other aspects of their life, meet Growth Groove, the all-natural enhancement for men who feel a little shortchanged by Mother Nature. And let's be real, in a world where telekinetic powers and vengeful entities exist, sometimes you just need that extra boost of confidence. No machetes, no problem. Growth Groove offers organic solutions with treatments like Cabin in the Woods Extract and Lake Crystal Elixir. Trust us, you won't need to lurk in the shadows when you're feeling this empowered. Forget hockey masks to hide your insecurities. Let Growth Groove unmask your full potential. Our no-side-effect formula ensures that the only thing rising up is your self-esteem and nothing from the bottom of a lake. You might not be able to lift objects with your mind, but who says you can't lift other parts of your life if you catch my drift? 
even if you're not the telekinetic hero of the story, you can still have your own triumphant climax. Use the promo code HACKERSLASH and get 20% off your first order. Growth Groove. Because everyone deserves to stand tall, even when the odds or legends are stacked against you. Welcome back, folks. You're now entering the spoiler zone for Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood, on this, our sixth anniversary, which has earned three slashes and two hacks. Now, we have lots to unpack here, but before we get into the specifics of our ratings and why so many of us felt this movie was bland, let's go through those kills. Well, it starts here, folks, because we have a total of 17 kills in this one, but also some of them are just not super memorable. That being said, I do have a few that I thought stood out, but maybe you all can, you know, help me remember some of the better kills in this one. I want to give a shout out to the sleeping bag kill that we later see redone in Jason in space. Sorry, Binks, you can elaborate on it. I have more to back up, but I'm like, damn, we've got to start there. Yeah, of course we do, because it's the only good part of the movie. That's my favorite part of the movie. The sleeping bag kill? The sleeping bag kill. That's the one time I laughed during this entire movie. It was like the funniest thing I'd seen. Literally, he was like, I can't even, I don't even know what to compare it to. Like, you know, those like noodles in the pool that you like float around on. It's like he grabbed one of those things and said, like right on the tree. It was the best thing ever. It was so casual too. Like he didn't give a single fuck, just a little smack. It was fantastic. Yeah, that was a really interesting one because in the original take, he actually hits her a few times and it was difficult because of how much like fake blood and, and the set and the weight of the dummy that was in that bag. And he feels like it came out better with just doing the one smack that it was edited down to. But I don't know. I kind of want to see the multi-wax. Mm. I, I like the single. How did you say that? Fuataka? I mean, it's, it's an amazing onomatopoeia. So. Fuakata. I, I like that. I, I, I think you need to say that more often, to be honest. Fuakata. I, I, oh, that's a, that's a, I'll do it. I'll, I'll bring out the Cuban. I'll bring out the Cuban to like 5,000. Um, okay. So I can. Uh, I understand the sleeping bag kill because obviously, but I think the one that I kind of chuckled in, even though I, I expected that it was going to happen, was Ben and Kate, the couple in the van that were like really just trying to have like a fun, happy birthday surprise. And the reason why I really liked it is I, I ho- I'm hoping that the full gore would have showed everything, but Jason smushes Ben's head so like so much anger, and it's literally what I want to do to like 92 percent of the people that I meet, just to like shush them up. You just smash it so hard. So that was cool, and then Kate just fucking she they went. And like with the little like horn, I don't know what the fuck it's called. Yeah, right through the eye, which is kind of fun. I wish he would have done it in the mouth because it would have been like, shut the fuck up. But the eye was equally as good. So I think that was my favorite kill. Well, it's, it's hard to pick, as you mentioned, Sean, because many of them like they're just so forgettable because I mean, there's just there's a lot like this is actually a, a good a good number of kills here. Um, I'm going to go with a good one, I think, story-wise, uh, and that was Melissa getting axed to the head. I think that was a was a, a proper one. I just wish there was like a faster version of it where like the door opens and then boom, axe in the head, like immediately as soon as the door opens. That would have been ideal, but it was it was almost there. It was pretty close, but it, like in that moment, you were you wanted her to go, and so I think it was a good a good dispatching of of that character. Yeah, I think, man, there. 
it, it's it's tough because some of these, yeah, they're cool. But then, yeah, I actually did forget about some of these happening. Obviously, the sleeping bag and all of that. But like, I think like Dan getting punched through the abdomen was pretty sick. Like that one was a really good one. And I'm just wishing like we got a little more out of that kill. Obviously, we know like it's going to be a theme now because I had no idea. And I'm truly just surprised by it. But now like the fact that there's no blood, maybe just throw some uh, intestines falling out or something. Let's just see a lot more of that. You know what I mean? But also, like, can we talk about Jason's kill or, like, maybe kill? I don't even know. Like, obviously, we know it's a franchise, so he finds his way back. But that final battle, like, let's take a journey into the night of Jason because at that moment, he got electrocuted. He got, like, manhandled through some kind of psychic powers, right? He got, like, he fell through stairs. He went through a wall. He got, like, force smashed. Like, his head got force smashed. Like, pus was seeping out. He got choked with electrical wire. He was nailed a dozen or so times. He was sprayed with gasoline, set on fire, shot by Nick, resurrected, like, the resurrection of Tina's father bringing him underwater. Like, what a fuck shitty night this dude had <laughs> you know what i mean that sounds terrible he's the one that had a shitty night he's the one that had a shitty night <laughs> yeah jason jason's the one that had the shitty night the victim the real victim he did he had a shitty night the real victim here listen i just love that my cutie finally gets to show his pretty face while he's trying to get killed because you know you get a little sneak attack of it which is always great you haven't seen his his beautiful face you know in a minute so i think i i enjoyed that part but yeah he i agree with you he had a really shitty night i also hate the fact that when tina's dad comes out of the water motherfucker looks normal as hell like what the fuck like yeah he hadn't been like blo- he's not bloated he didn't decompose an ounce yeah this motherfucker is just like he went under for the first time this is exactly what i was fucking talking about so originally he was going to look much more decomposed but the person in charge of that decision was real upset that the director had chosen a certain look for jason and so she was like nah fuck that and they actually kept this shit with him looking normal as hell this drama ruined the movie i hated it yeah i have i have a problem with this though because you're gonna tell me he was right there the whole time but somehow they couldn't dig him out of the water how many years ago they couldn't find him he was right there yeah you know and just keeping him there just in case yeah i mean she bubbled that water a few times you know what i mean like why didn't daddy come out Absolutely fucking wild, honestly. That is such a moment. Imagine being her, being fucking telekinetic, and then thinking, let me just dig up my dad from this watery grave, only to be like, nah, JK, I got a serial killer instead. Terrible. Yeah. But she also thanked him, though. She thanked her dad. She was like, thanks, dad. Or daddy. Yeah. You really, you know, you were a drunk who beat my mom, but- Sorry, I got mad at you, and thanks for doing me a solid this time. Okay, redemption arc for this fucking dad? What? No one hurts my little girl except me! That's it. (laughs) Oh, jeez. I hate it. I just hate it. It's unnecessary. That is the moment of the ending where I'm like, do we fucking need this? Absolutely not. She could have just done some cool shit. We could have just known that the dad died as a result of her telekinesis, and that is the, the, the knowledge that we need to know that she can thwart Jason. But instead, to use him as a weapon? No. Too much. I mean, you just don't 
kill him with telekinesis, you don't have telekinesis, and you don't have the ridiculous ending, and it all works a lot better. You really did not like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, redo the whole motherfucker. Redo it and take Carrie out of it. Like, what if she was actually delusional and the whole time she's thinking that it was her powers and she finds out at the very end there was just like a badly built dock, you know? And she's sitting there like trying to summon him or something and and nothing happens and Jason kills her. That would have been, I think, fantastic. <laughs> that is fucking funny. Always properly space your, your, you know, your foundation and all that kind of stuff, you know? Does this guide us into how shitty the visual elements were because we can just go right into it there's some you know you got to find something good to say about it though your favorite shitty visual element not the pause for us trying to figure out what our favorite visual element is let me buy y'all some time since you're so hard pressed to compliment this fucking movie listen hey two two of y'all hacked it i mean slashed it i still stand by my vote i feel great i have i have plenty of compliments i have plenty of compliments there's no hesitation for me I absolutely loved two things in this movie visually. And one is Jason's look. It's not just his unmasked look, not just the monster of it all, but the continuity of his wounds. This Jason felt like he was built with respect for all the Jasons that came before him. And I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that, especially because in the beginning of this movie, when it shows us what happened with Tina's family, when you first see Jason, that motherfucker has on a fresh set of clothes. That is not. I don't give a shit what anyone says. It's a different color. It is like almost nicely pressed, completely different outfit from the previous film. So when we actually get some decomposition, when we see his exposed spine, he looks so good. And then there's also just his physical presence. That's one thing. But two, the lighting in this movie. Listen, it's an 80s slasher. I know it's not a glorious fucking piece of art, right? But there is a specific moment where a flash of lightning reveals Jason standing in the corner of a dark room while this guy's like a fucking dummy using a flashlight to navigate to his fridge. Beautiful. That is the, the that is a classic slasher moment that I live for. I'm I'm going to go Jason here as well, but it's the glimpses we get of Jason like from behind or through the woods. If you're, if you're going to show me Jason creeping up, I think that's the way to do it. We see that little glimpse. We know what's going to happen. They don't know what's going to happen. And all it took is just the tiniest little shot of his face in the background. And he's just walking steady. He's, he's not slowing down. He's not trying to creep. He's just going for a walk. And somehow they don't hear this like 300 pound man stomping his way through the forest, whatever. It sure as hell looks cool though. Somehow they don't smell him either. Yeah, dude. Smells like baloney. No, but here's the reality. We talked about how shitty the, the like face off is towards the end. But when Jason is just standing there, he's hella intimidating. Like his stance is so like strong that fucking this chick, I don't care how many like bubbling water or like ma- angry eyesight or whatever, her fucking eyes piss me off. But I don't care how many times she's trying to kill him. Just him standing there is like the most appealing best part of the entire movie. So I I will say that it's a beautiful thing. Jason looks really nice in this movie. There's this specific moment where I think it like kicks off the standoff between Tina and Jason. And it's like him just in the distance. And then it zooms into him and then a little bit closer that I think that's when I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a little intimidated by this man now. The other thing, his like true face, right? 
you mentioned it earlier, Chris, like, but I think the special effects makeup was really great. And the way I saw it is like, it's kind of cool. The director having been a special effects makeup artist himself, like, I think that that's like a nod to him in a way. I, I, I felt that's what I perceived it as. I thought it was strange that he looked all very monster like to an extent, but having known the context of who the director was, that I thought was kind of nice. But that's the extent of my compliments. I've reached my limit now. Wow. Honestly, that was impressive. That was impressive. I mean, it's no Tom Savini. I feel like I'm like going through emotional roller coasters here because I love it and I hate it at the same time. But yeah, no Tom Savini. The one thing I do like is that the forest like still kind of looks a little creepy. Like there's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of like, even when they're like running into some cabins, there's still darkness. The power goes out, like all of those kind of moments where it allows for like the lightning and all of that kind of thing to bring us into just seeing Jason, because the reality is, is that there's not a lot of fear factors here. So they at least use that for some type of spooky effects, I think. All right, hackers, let's see what you got. You find anything you like to look at? Just like one thing? Did you notice the Dairy Bell shirt that the girl is wearing in the party when she's eating? No, because... It was so boring that I didn't notice. What the fuck? Bro, it's the fucking best thrift store find. I want it. She's wearing like a blue long t-shirt and it has like the little cow dairy bell like, you know, I don't know what the fuck, the logo. Yeah. All over it. So random. Fucking love it. Well, catch me next year. I'm not I'm not going to. Oh, well, maybe if I can fast forward it. I think I can. I'll find a way. All right. So that's my third compliment. I said I complimented the homage to the director right? I complimented the little standoff moment, a little cinema cinematography moment there. And now this dairy shirt that I didn't even see, but I'm going to trust you, Vero, and I'm going to give that three compliments. That's all you're getting from me. Three compliments. Leave it to Vero and Sean to be the eagle eyes who don't miss a thing. Also, my favorite Binks, and I've decided this just like I have many favorite Ryans, my favorite Binks is when a Binks, uh, when Binks budgets her compliments. That's peak Binks. Gotta keep it precise. You can only spend so much. Amen. I, listen, I, I agree. I think this is actually like a version, maybe one of the best Jasons to everyone's point. Like I do think visually Jason looks really cool, but I also always really enjoy the camera work showing you the, like the point of view of Jason stalking the victims or lurking through the woods or whatever. Like I always think that is always such a great angle. So I think they still got that right. And Jason looked really good. So I think visual element wise, like that's that's it for me. Like those two things I think were were done really well. There were some really good shots of like just the stocking that Jason is doing and, and just the way Jason looked, especially with those like what he had like five teeth sticking out. I mean, I think that was just really great. There was just really good visual Jason unmasked. Yeah, that's a those are some tooths that have tasted moonshine, those teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love me some some dead, you know, coming back. I want to party with all of them, dude. Right? Which, speaking of, that's like my my favorite scene is one of the more notorious things about this entire franchise. It's always going to be when Jason comes out of the water, surprisingly, like, you know, surprise, bitch, you know? And my favorite one of this one is like, there's a jazz number, it seems like, in the background. Like, it's it's getting real dancey. It's getting real musical. I was like, oh, this is fun. I'm driving. I'm feeling it. I just, I just really can't get enough of his like sporadic popping out of the water out of nowhere. It wasn't so much out of nowhere as six or like like previous films. But nonetheless, I'm always looking out. I was like, any moment now, he's coming out. But this time, it was like a little, I don't know, I felt like tap dancing. <laughs> Something about the music. It was great. 
that's when you get to see that shot that Chris is talking about with the back and the spine coming out like he's walking out of the water. I'm coming out. I want the world to know. There's also like he legit gets cooked, right? Like there's smoke sous vide, if you will. In the water. Yeah, he's fucking rock lobster. Yeah, a little fresh boil. Lightly salted. Oh, yeah. Put a little bit of lemon wedge on that guy, huh? Oh, God, those wounds. The lemon on the wounds. It'd be so terrible. Listen, that's a great scene, Beings. I'm actually a very, very big fan of that one. My second favorite is the runner-up of when he's just, like, finally in the house and he's stalking people. So we see the one refrigerator kill. Then he sneaks up on someone else and, like, just chops him real quick. It bums me out, like, looking at some of the footage online where it's recordings of TVs. I think it's maybe from the dailies of the film. And you can see a little bit of how these scenes were extended. And it's just so much wasted potential. But for me, it was when we actually have him indoors. That's the time where I almost fear Jason the most. And and maybe that doesn't make sense because, you know, he's out in the woods. He disappears and he just shows up right in front of you all of a sudden. But when he's indoors, it just feels so unnatural and so fucking invasive that I find him more frightening in those points. It is kind of like seeing a bear in somebody's house. Like it just doesn't belong. Yeah, this is true. I think I'm going to, I'm going to gravitate towards scenes that don't involve some of the kills just to kind of change it up. Uh, because I think the teen drama here is actually kind of hilarious and ridiculous. It's just, it's so soap opera. It's so, it's so teenagers. Like the way that they're fighting over one dude who isn't interested in like any of them really. He's just there to have a good time. Who's also gay IRL. Perfect. That, I mean, it just, it honestly makes it better. You know, like if they were to remake this movie now, they would make it so like on the nose so that you could like pick up on that kind of thing. Cause it, it, it does, I think, improve upon the fact that they're, they're fighting over these dudes is, is pointless. Um, it, it actually is really kind of funny when Sandra, Sandra is using who, gosh, who, who is she using? Eddie, right? You know, she's just like trying to like see maybe she can stomach hanging out with this dude just to play, just to play with Nick. And Nick has already told her like, I don't even like you. Cutthroat. Right. He's like straight up about it. I don't like you. Why are you wasting your time with this? And she's like, I'm going to go hang out with this dude. I'm not interested in waste my time with him, get his hopes up. Just thinking I might make this guy who doesn't even like me jealous. And then she realizes it and just like straight up tells him just kills the mood and he's like okay whatever rejection dealt with it before because i'm a sci-fi writer so i'll move on and then promptly you know gets killed that that line that he has afterwards is like i've been rejected by the finest scientists and i was like all right flex okay (laughs) okay oh man my favorite uh scene similar to just the stupid special effects that we saw and Again, you might not have noticed this, but Michael is already having a horrible birthday, right? Like they just said he has a small penis, you know, he gets all of these like whack ass gifts. And then Tina goes in, she's fighting Jason in the house. She fucking stumbles across Michael's head in the pot, like just that like decapitated head. She like puts his finger in his mouth, no fucks given, and then tosses it to Jason. I'm like, what the disrespect? That she get, doesn't even care. But I, I thought it was pretty funny. She's like, oh, shit, just a random head. No big deal. That was literally the best campy moment in the entire film. Getting like the the head, the pot with the head in it tossed at Mike or at Jason. Oh, so good. So good. That's my favorite scene, I think. Like for the giggles, you know? Man, what a fucking terrible time to have your birthday also be your death day. 
No, thank you. Fitting, I suppose. And you said Jason had a bad day, bro. I mean, because he went through so much more. Like, each one of these fuckers just went through one thing. <laughs> oh, my God. You know? Yeah. Yeah, the extinction of their lives. He went through the ringer. Like, he got, you could name it, and he went through it that night. Mm, no, I'm not there. I was going to say, actually, earlier, Mac, you to your point of, like, the, the drama of it all. Imagine them remaking the movie, He's Just Not That Into You, with these characters. Do it. I'd watch it. Do it and add Jason. I'm down. So definitely those scenes are really good. I think I had a couple that I thought were just just really silly. There's like the scene where the one dude is trying to shotgun a beer and completely fails. Oh my God, Sean. Like completely fails. Sean, I literally wrote shittiest chug I've ever seen. Like, what are you doing? You're supposed to drink some of that beer. Right. That's just not how you do it. But what, uh, you know. Not poured on yourself. Yeah. You just like basically just had a beer shower. That would be me. Yeah. It was terrible. It was terrible. I also like like a really quick shot on a more serious note. And I know we've talked about, I see this shot here and there throughout you know, maybe a handful of horror movies and I always love when I see it and it's that shot where Jason is coming through the cabin door but you just get the shot of like his old dirty boots walking through the door. I love that shot. I think it's a it's a really good shot. I don't know why I just eat it up every time I see it and I've seen it in various other horror films. But I also really love the scene. I forget who it is exactly, but she's running or hiding from Jason, rather. And you get the point of view of her like hiding, but looking through the cracks in the wood panels and seeing Jason walking through like the house or whatever looking for her. I thought that was such a really intentional, very cool point of view, very cool shot with the camera. So just some serious notes. I know we have some funny ones, but those two I thought were really good visually. Man, such good points all around. I think, man, you, you talked about like the classic moment of Jason entering and like looking at even his muddy ass boots. I'm just reminded again, and I know this is maybe me going a little too hard for Kane Hodder, how fucking great this guy is. Even his fucking steps are great, which, you know, sounds like nothing. But then I think about every Halloween, which featured a Michael Myers that wasn't Nick Castle. And I think about how they never got the fucking walk right. And I think about like Jason Voorhees and Kane Hodder is my Jason Voorhees, even if he was in some of the shittier movies. And I I actually heard this story that I I wanted to share with you all about just his vibe. So when he was filming, his dressing room was like a while down a dirt road. So filming wraps up one night at 2 a.m. He's is still in costume. He's walking through the woods. He's going to his dressing room. And as he's walking, someone walks up to him and is like, hey, are you in that movie? And he's like, the fuck? Like, obviously. It's kind of like when you're working in a place and you're wearing the uniform of your workplace and someone asks if you work there. Dude, what the fuck are you doing? So he doesn't he doesn't say anything. He doesn't fucking reply because he thought it was so dumb that he was asked that question and then he's just standing there again in full jason get up the person then asks again and kane hodder took a lunch at him and grunted and the guy fucking like took off running absolutely fucking amazing and i'm like see this man that's method acting i love that that's honestly that person deserved it for being so fucking stupid i do i just say like a a walk is very important because it really can make it really can make or break an antagonist and I think when we watched uh, Fear Street and we got to uh, Tommy Slater's character with the, uh, you know, the bag on the head and he does that kind of like fast walk into the grocery store. I think it was Tommy Slater, whoever it was, the, the big burly dude with the axe, that whole segment. That was like a great homage, I think, to Jason and to, and to Michael Myers, uh, because if you're going to be if you're going to be like big 
and menacing, like you have to really nail that presence. And part of that presence is your movement. You can't just be menacing when you're standing. You got to be menacing when you're moving towards your target. And I think I never realized, right, that we had like these different these different Jasons, I know we had different actors play them and I never, I don't think I ever realized like how good this one is. Like this is the feeling of Jason Voorhees right here in this movie. And I think we, we didn't have to have a monstrous face for it. I think it still would have worked with the OG, you know, visual of, of Jason, but I think it works like almost even better now that Jason's all like really messed up. I feel Jason in this chilies tonight. <laughs> it's funny because Jason, like very memorable, Tina, very memorable. Uh, Dr. Cruz, memorable. Everyone else, though, kind of, uh, kind of not. Okay. Well, I'm with you. I, but I also question, like, even for me, um, you know, you, you can have opinions. That's cool. But even for me, Tina, like, I don't feel like Tina was, was memorable at all. Like, I felt outside of Jason himself, there wasn't a single character in this entire movie that stood out that was memorable. Like, Give me till next week, and I won't even be able to tell you the names of any of these characters. I'll only know Jason. I hate to agree with you, but I think that's the accurate thing. Like, I know I mentioned it before. Not a lot of, like, you know, celebs in this movie. So I usually, like, in the beginning of a movie, I'll pick somebody to, like, have a crush on. You know, we have Tom Matthews. We have uh, Kevin Bacon in some of these. There's a whole bunch of hotties. No hotties in this movie. Nick was like, he spoke, everybody just talked really slow. I, I don't know. I I don't know what exactly it was, but everybody pissed me off, including Tina. So my only favorite character was Jason in this movie, and he held it together. But Tina pissed me the fuck off. I don't know why. She just made me so mad. I get it. Big trauma. You know, daddy hurt you. Be sad. But she could have been such a bigger badass, I feel like. like, And she missed it. She missed the call. She fucking made water boil. But I mean, even like walking up the stairs, you know, the technically like everything would be shaking. Everything would be like so much like badass. All she did was like move her eyes. I don't know. She pissed me off. At one point, she closes Jason into a room. And I was like, all right, finally, a smart individual. My favorite part then, it becomes when she moves a table to block the door from the inside, like with Jason. Like, so why the fuck did you do that, Tina? He literally could just move the table as he did. Why would you do, why would you move the table to block the door with him inside that room? You do that on the other side. Yeah, ma'am. A brain cell. That's all you needed. Just one. Listen, she wasn't really holding up great in our final girls ranking. I can see why. But I do think that she did a decent job. I think she did a decent job performance wise. Was her character making boneheaded decisions? Absolutely. I do think it's funny that she consulted. It was either psychics or mediums before she entered this role. She didn't just want to watch Carrie because that's basically what this was. You know, she probably should have. Maybe that's where my like standard is, you know, and I was like, man, where where is that that she kind of she and maybe I was like, okay, she's sad in the beginning. She's trying to get over it. Maybe it's going to like build up throughout, but it really doesn't like she's just a crybaby the entire time. And I think we, you know, you miss the opportunity. Like your mom just got killed. Also, side note, the doctor using his mom as a shield. What the fuck, dude? What an asshole. Yo. Yeah. Real dick move, Cruz. I was like, ladies first, not this time, buddy. <laughs> oh my God. A full on shield. A full on. He was like, stand right there and then just fucking get it. But I don't know. 
maybe it's just like I like those like, you know, I, she could have done a lot more with her character. They could have done a lot more with her character. I don't think that she like really showed us any other emotion than like sad or like a little scared. Like she wasn't even really scared. Like this big ass fucking guy was coming. She wasn't even that scared. Yeah, it was just it was just not good. I mean, this really like what is it? Kristen from like the Dream Masters and Nightmare on Elm Street 4 or whatever. Kristen blows this performance out of the water and that's not saying shit. I love that movie. It's kind of interesting to me because I feel like uh, the setup here is very much like Eleven and Stranger Things. You know, we've got the doctor trying to use her for her powers, right? And she's really not kind of like into it. And the mom, of course, in this case is very much not into it, but he doesn't care. And he, he, he just tries to gaslight them, even though there's literally a recording she just listened to where he's saying like, I'm going to use her for this. I'm going to try to push her into using her powers more. It's, it's, he's kind of, he's, he's bold, you know, he's literally just lying to people's faces uh, about what his, what his intentions are with her daughter. Literally is it's Carrie and Firestarter, mix it together, take it to the future. We're looking at stranger things and then just bring it all the way back and just make it really shitty. That's what that was. <laughs> Damn. Y'all are not holding back tonight. Y'all are out here desecrating other franchises tonight. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're like fucking burning all to the ground. <laughs> yeah, in a movie that is absent of fuck them kids energy, Sean is saying fuck everybody else too. Yeah, this is what happens. I mean, it's on it's on brand though with the movie, to be honest. Like everybody's dispensable in this movie, which I really love, you know, when it comes to Friday the 13th. I'm really going through the emotions, but I love the fact that Jason can like fold somebody up. Doesn't even matter if they're like, you know, your actual mom, (laughs) like fuck that, your actual dad in part six, who gives a shit? So I do like that everybody is dispendable and you can't really go into any expectations with like who's going to die. You just go into it knowing that everybody's going to die and you just enjoy the ride on like how they die. Um, So that I'll give them a wahoo, you know? I, I would have enjoyed Eddie more had Eddie turned down any sexual advances. I think that would have made him a more interesting character if he was like, no, I have to focus on my writing. That that would have been that would have made him more fun to me. But instead he caved because he's a man, you know, with with body parts and emotions uh to the to the minimum or whatever. But like I don't know. I would have preferred to see him like stick true to being like, No, I have to write this great masterpiece, even though all of his ideas were complete BS. You know what else was complete BS? Hmm. I just want to say it again. Those fucking opening credits. Fuck those credits. <laughs> Worst fucking part of the movie for me. The, the credits? Yeah. I know that this movie is filled with a lot of other things that I probably should discredit here, but really it's the worst fucking tone to set in this movie. You dive in there and then you linger in it. And again, it's five minutes before the even the movie even fucking begins. Absolute atrocious start. First impressions are everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, thankfully, I still had fun. So that's just me. But like maybe me 10 years from now isn't going to have as much fun. And obviously, y'all didn't have a lot of whole, a whole lot of fun. I think that left a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, no, the fun meter was uh, was looking real, real in the red. I will say, though, what I I guess what I did enjoy about this movie is the potential it could have had. And we mentioned it just a moment ago, like the fact that it's giving a little bit of Carrie and Firestarter, all these things, obviously meeting Jason. Like, I love Stephen King. At one point, I was like, damn, is Stephen King behind that mask? Because this is heavy in that Carrie stuff. Like, this is absurd. But 
I don't know. I, I feel like it would have been really, really cool if Tina had been a complete badass as well. Like really just lean into it at that point, right? So it's unfortunate, but I like the potential. At one point also, it was giving a little bit of Leatherface, which is interesting because Kane Hodder actually plays Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game that just came out. And so I think that's kind of really cool. It's all of these little references that I enjoy, but at the end of the day, I just think that I could have bought into this movie and like enjoyed it a little bit more if maybe it all relies on that main character. I, I could have loved her, but she was just like blah and an idiot a little bit. Well, I, I think she was the worst part of the movie. Not the not the actress, not the, that the fact that the character existed, but the fact that they gave her telekinetic powers. That whole thing, like we didn't need that whatsoever. If you want to give her some some issues where she needs to see a therapist, like I'm I'm completely okay with all of that kind of stuff. I'm completely okay with her believing she had telekinetic powers, uh, but the fact that they're real in this film, like what's next? What are we? Which X Men are we going to bring back? You know, which which one are we going to? Are we going to get Wolverine in the next film? This is kind of like what it feels like here. Like there's nothing off limits. We've got a Jason that lasted underwater for how long? You know, we've got Jason that was electrocuted and somehow made supernatural. Like it's kind of it's kind of getting ridiculous already. But then the telekinesis shows up. I felt like there was a line crossed for some reason that we didn't need to cross. I know this is not how you mean it, but I think it's hilarious. It's like, yeah, Jason already has all these fucking powers, but why does a woman need them? And it's just like, it's like, whoa. That's not, <laughs> definitely not how I meant it. Um, I 100% know it's not how you meant it, but I was like, just hearing it, I'm like, yeah, it's all fun and games until the final girl starts being powerful. <laughs> it's just, it, it is, we're crossing genres, I feel like, with the, with the, the stuff here. Like, give her, give her some super cool healing powers or something, you know, talking about Wolverine. Um, give her something similar to Jason. I'm down for it, whatever. Like I'm game, but telekinesis, uh, I just it just like doesn't it doesn't mesh. I think my one issue, and maybe honestly, this is just me, but was everything really fucking slow in this movie? Like the, I feel like when she's moving the branches like Evil Dead style, it was like one little branch over here. Like what I was like, fucking wrap him up. Like, why are we taking so long? She throws the freaking TV and it's like the slow I would have ducked. That fucking shit went across the room like in 45 seconds. Like, what the fuck is happening? So I think that that one thing I couldn't get over. So I couldn't really invest in any character because I was like, man, I don't know if it's me, but these motherfuckers are talking hella slow. Like things are just like there's pauses between conversations. I was like going to lose my shit. Yeah, I, I feel you on that. I think for me, the best part. We've talked about it. It's it's the overall look of this new Jason, right? Being able to see him unmasked. Uh, he's bigger. He's badder. I think that was really cool. I won't say the overall cinematography, but I will say that there were some really good choices in what they showed you behind the camera, right? And just some of the angles and things they let you focus on throughout the film that I think were really, really good. It, it didn't. It wasn't consistent by any means, but there were some still some good gems in there. Well, you know, I'm so proud that even in this, our darkest hour, where we are pressed to find compliments, you managed to come up with one. That's great. That's great. It's not total trash. Yeah, no. Binks has expended her three. You got one in there, too. This is good. I'm proud of us. We're well-rounded. I feel like we went backwards. I feel like y'all are fucking slashing and me and Mac are hacking. No, but it's like a love-hate. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I get that. I mean... This movie, even within the context of a franchise that I overall don't love very much, is not 
highest on the list of ones that I would rewatch. I do plan on rewatching it soon. You know, obviously this is coming out on a Friday the 13th and I like to watch as many of these movies as I possibly can every time this date comes around in the year. But I, I am really curious to see how it takes Manhattan sits after this. Yeah, we're going to find out because that's this is where I stopped in that binge. And so I need to complete the set. You know, I, I do need to watch everything. I think this movie in particular is not the worst of the of the first seven movies. So, I mean, I, I actually think it's higher up in, in comparison to a couple of those. There's a couple there that when we talk about, you know, camp here, there's a couple of those movies that, that go beyond camp and go into cheese, like pure cheddar cheese. And so I, I think it's worth a rewatch. I think if somebody ever sorted out the rights and could finally reboot, restart, remake, whatever they wanted to do and like did it correctly in terms of, I don't know, the, the new Halloween trilogy, I would, I would love to then binge it all together, like throw it all together, make it, make it happen. But even as it stands, you know, I, I think this first set of seven movies is like its own, you know, anthology. It's its own franchise before we move forward. Everything after this is, is different. Everything before this kind of, kind of lumps together. And I think. I don't know if I could do it every year, you know, props to you guys for doing that, but I think it's worth it. I got nothing else. I love it. I I will watch it every year, no matter what. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like a routine for me and it kind of wraps up all of them. My husband's favorite one is Jason Takes Manhattan. And I still, I get it. There's like punk rock and there's, you know, it's cool. But for me, the reality is this is a good way to be like, all right, I'm all right. Thank you so much, Friday the 13th. I appreciated all the movies. But it's a it's a good way to kind of like wrap it for me. Because for me, everything after this one just gets really cheesy. I know. it's. I know. We're going to fight about it. But I'm a slasher until this. I start pivoting at this point. This is the pivoting point? Yeah. This is my pivoting point. I'm like, ah, okay. Yeah. This is, uh, even Vero has a line. And the line is part seven. That's fair. Look, I, I think someone said it before. It feels this one feels like a background movie, right? You could put this on in the background and do something. I, I don't, you know, like I'm not saying that I will never watch this one again. I know that I hacked this film, but you know, we're we're a horror movie review podcast and I'm reviewing the quality of a horror movie. And when you put this one up against the rest of the franchise, I'm sorry, there's no way you can convince me that this is a slash, but I will say that I would revisit this when we do a marathon. I have to watch these movies in order at some point, so I'm not opposed to having this one on. I'm just also acknowledging that it's not the best in the franchise, and it doesn't deserve to get the credit for it. I'm right there with you, because I think there are other franchises where they have a movie within them that it's so shitty that I would skip it and say, fuck it. I, I mean, I kind of know what happens. So whatever it is, what it is. This is not necessarily at that level. I would watch it if it was, if I was going to do a whole binge. And I certainly would put this on in the background when I need to go outside of my house and take out the trash and then come inside. And I promise you that it would be just fine. Like those kinds of errands, you know, I could probably leave it in the background, have Cullen watch it, go do an errand, drive back, go to Starbucks, you know, and do the whole thing. Still be fine. Just in time for the little whack of the sleeping bag, you know? <laughs> but it's it's just a matter of, it's <laughs> it's just a matter of like, I wouldn't be thrilled to watch this when part six exists and I had such a good time with it. I should have known. The moment I saw part six and I was like, this is too good to be true. Should have known everything else was downhill. But but it's good to know that for Vero, the line is this. So like, you know, it's okay. Everyone's got a line. I mean, it's no scanners, 
when we're thinking about it. You know, if we're going to fucking kill people with our minds, there's better movies, but you have to like put it in a like actual, you know, I, I wasn't going into it really expecting much. So I wasn't disappointed. But at the same time, I have to rewatch it. Like I don't stop at six because it's like a, it, that would be too much of a tease. You know what I mean? All good things have to come to an end. And this is a way for me. And I know there's more, but for me, I stop at seven rewatching it every year. That is completely fair. And I feel like your part seven is generally how I feel about some of the Cult of Thorn movies in the Halloween franchise. I get through them because I love the franchise, but I'm like, it's getting a little weird. Specifically, I'm looking, looking at you, Chris and Michael Myers. But that's neither here nor there. Obviously, we have that franchise continuing in just a couple weeks as we wrap up the month. But for now, there you have it, folks. We have concluded our birthday festivities by really looking at Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood, and daring to give it three slashes and two hacks. You know, we've never felt more us than we do right now, just being on opposite sides of the aisle, you know? Just like really loving some bullshit, hating some bullshit. It feels right. Very true. You know, like I, I mentioned this in the chat earlier, it would be really boring if we just always agreed about everything. And if you're going to bring up a ridiculous movie, someone's got to like it. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. I agree. It'll probably be me. If there's anything, I mean, I like poultry geist. You know what I mean? Like all of that shit is, I'm into it, right? Like my favorite, like cuddly bear is Tarman. So I love the cheese. I love the gore. I love like the things that will never happen, but maybe they will. You never know. But I think that you have to, you have to be, you know, you have to go through the emotional roller coasters. And that's why everybody likes this podcast, right? Because there's different views and people have different ways. And I still really like you, Sean and Bing. (laughs) (laughs) An honor. Well, listen, we still really like all of you for liking this movie. So it's all good. Well, look at that, folks. Three slashes, two hacks, and we're still friends in the end. Now, we certainly had a robust discussion here, but it doesn't end here by any means. We want to know what you think. Me personally, I'm just curious to think if you thought this movie was a snore. But you can let us know. You can join in on the conversation by hanging out with us for free in our Discord. Click the link in our show notes to sign up. If you actually enjoy fun and you enjoyed listening to this episode, consider joining our New Blood Drive and becoming a member of the family. Check the link in our show notes or visit hackerslash.live slash support to enjoy more of the show with early access, extended episodes, bonus content, and live shows. We'll see you next time, folks. And remember, all's fair in love and war. You can find your own way back. You people give me the creeps. Well, I think I speak for all of us when I say, Veto, where the hell you been, Loka? Ooh, that was good. Yeah. I know. That was for you, Bing. Literally. It was just for you. We're like, you know, you got to bring some twilight into this uh, jammy jam. Um, Where have I been? I have been surviving. I moved to the West Coast. I currently live in San Mateo, California. I never realized I was from Florida until I moved to the West Coast. And then I was asked to compost, which is the grossest fucking thing in the world. (laughs) 
And yep, that's pretty much it. But I'm happy to be back. And it's spooky season. So I feel like I already started decorating. I might as well jump back in here like I never left. Oh, fuck. Yeah. It's so good to have you back. We've missed you so dearly. Samesies. We haven't even been on an actual episode together. Holy shit. I know. It's because I found out that you were coming and then I quickly went to the other side of the coast. I was like, fuck that. (laughs) You fled to the other side. Wow. They wouldn't even know that you like each other. Also, this is this is Odie. Oh. This is Odie, everybody. Odie, short for Odorous Arungus. Odorous Arungus. I love it. That's a mouthful, and I love it. How absolutely precious. He's a little cute boy. He just looked at y'all and he was like, What the fudge? What is going on here? He seems like a little sweet guy. For for all of our listeners who can't see the dog, um, I'll describe it to you. There's a dog. That's small and adorable. Being small and adorable. Yeah. I did drop a picture in the in the chat of her holding him up like Simba from The Lion King. Simba. I'm so excited. That picture looks so cute. I'm I'm glad that's in the internet, Chris. <laughs> yeah, you're Forever. so welcome. <laughs> Shy's making a shirt right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's already in production. Well, this might be the first time she's seen you in a year, so. That's true. I still have eyes and a nose. All my teeth. And you also you also manufacturize now, to my understanding. What? I do. I make them. I'm into I feel like I can't say felt needling without laughing at myself, but I'm into felt needling now, y'all. <laughs> nice. I'm taking a picture of just the eye. That is the most remarkable thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I I've never heard of that before in my life. It's actually pretty fucking rad. It's not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am thinking it's Badass. I do it all with one needle, Binks. One needle? One needle. That is impressive. This seems complicated. And so, like, exactly like something I could never do. It's actually, um, a therapist told me to do it and it actually works. I, as I stab, it's just stabbing a needle multiple times and I just say people's names while I do it. Ah, yeah, there it is. <laughs> and then it's like a little, yeah, it's a little like brujeria voodoo, voodoo shit. I'm just like, ding, 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 ding. And then instantly I'm like, man, I feel so much better. So w- what I'm hearing is I need to look this up and get started. Yeah, yeah. Just hop on over to a, to a Michael's and get going. It's the best way. It's And then people might be dying the names that I'm saying across the others, you know, somewhere else, but I'm not physically doing it. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> by, the, by the court of law, it's fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think what excites me most is the Binks and Veto crossover that we're going to have. Because I feel like these are just two titans of the paranormal and the spooky shit in my life. And I feel like now that the two have collided, my world is complete. Two, like, two titan Latina, like, brujeria people just, like, full force. (laughs) Full force. And, like, technically, she's she's a younger, prettier version than me. So I have so much to teach you. Just wait. Take the prettier part back, ma'am, please. I have like messed up so many things already. So just learn from me. Okay. I got you. Teach me the ways. (laughs) You know how, speaking of the force, you know how in in Star Wars, there's like this thing called like the force dyad. I feel like Veto and Bings are like my force dyad. They're like my Kylo Ren and Rey. I was just going to say, I know what that is because of Kylo Ren and Rey. It's probably controversial. Of course. You know what it is because of Adam Driver, but... That's well, cool. yeah, well, we didn't have to get into the specifics, but yes, now that we're here, correct. Yeah, okay, well, we can we can set our sources, it's fine. Well, listen, I'm super stoked because Veto is back just in time for us to celebrate our fucking sixth anniversary. Spooky. Amazing. I was going to say Wahoo, but I don't think that's how you say it. I think it is. Is it Wahoo or Woohoo? No, 
Well, both. Yeah. In, in The Sims, it's woohoo. <laughs> wahoo. I don't know why I want to say wahoo so bad. That's Mario, isn't it? I think it is. Are you thinking of Yahoo? Yahoo. No, wait, that's Yoohoo. I don't know, y'all. I was really driven to say wahoo. <laughs> I think that's how people write it typically, because to Binks's point, yes, in The Sims, it is woohoo and it is filthy. Oh. I don't think you're trying to say all that. <laughs> oh, man. Around these parts, we say waypa. There's a Wahoo's Fish Tacos out there somewhere. Oh. Only Sean would know the name of a of a taco dish. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's like a, a, a like an actual restaurant. Wahoo's Fish Tacos. Something like that. I don't know. I saw it somewhere. I am unfamiliar, but... Obviously, looking at the show, it's our 6th anniversary. It is fucking Friday the 13th of October. It's our first Friday the 13th of October since 2017. But it's also many of your first anniversary with the show. How does that feel? You know, it actually feels like it's crazy because it went by so quick. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like it hasn't been a full year, but it has. But then a lot of shit has happened over the course of this year. Does it feel more like it's been... I don't know, maybe 10, 11 months in a full year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, give or take, give or take. But still, either way, feels like it went by quick as far as being on the the podcast goes. Yeah, I'd agree. Definitely has flown by, which is kind of nuts. I feel like it was not just yesterday, but like, you know, it's probably like, what, a few months ago that I was on my first episode, not a year or whatever 11 months if we want to get into the technicality of things ma'am okay yeah close enough 11 months yeah because october 13th i didn't meet you until october 19th i think yeah the following week but i didn't but i didn't record the terrifier episode until like november november i think it was how do you know when you guys met it was special to me well (laughs) several factors at trivia we know it was like during spooky season which was october and i have like we know the rounds for each week because it was, we had to study and it was a very serious matter. It was like a competition that only we and our friends take seriously. But whatever, that's neither here nor there. That's why Binks remembers. I remember because it was the day that I met all of them and went to my first ever horror trivia. Oh. Oh, I guess it was that part too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh, y'all need someone for the Halloween round? Let me show up in my Halloween jacket and take off my jacket to reveal my Halloween Michael Myers tattoo. It was a great time. I remember that tattoo. I left in October. Yeah, you left and the shit was still healing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was not healing. It was like bubbling and kind of rotten, if I remember your tattoo correctly. Yeah, it never got to the point of being actually rotten, but I was scared because I had never had a color tattoo before and I didn't know what it was supposed to be doing. But no, it is it is totally fine and healthy. Look at that. Now, we also obviously have a lot of new blood on our streets here, but Mac, you've been with us now for such a long time. I mean, it still doesn't feel as long as it's as it, like it has been, but uh, yeah, it has been. It has been a couple. What what are we, what are we at now? Like five years, four years, four and a half? I don't even know. Yeah, you started in episode fifty-two. Wow. Yeah, it's been it's been a good bit. You know, we're we're in the chat talking about the changes that have happened over the last year, and I'm thinking back to all the happenings over over the last several years. And wow, yeah, it really just kind of sneaks up on you. I'll say that. So now you're nearing. Almost what two hundred over two hundred fifty episodes at this point? Well, not not exactly because you know I've I've obviously missed you know several episodes as real life happens and everything. So sure. yeah, okay, but like I but okay, but, but I've been around over two hundred probably. 
or you're at 200 maybe. I, I think there's a way to compute this. There's probably a spreadsheet somewhere that we can generate this information. But Not our entire fucking Notion database, Mac. Yes, there is a way. I have a record oh, yeah. of every episode you've been on. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, snap. Either way, that's really cool. Oh, hell yeah. I, what, what else is wild to me is just thinking about what has changed since the very first episode. So I was actually looking back. And I couldn't find the outline for our very first episode recording period, but I did find the outline for our very second episode ever. And that was when we originally covered Friday the 13th from 1980. Ironic. And even just seeing the way the show was organized, it's kind of wild. I'm actually going to put a screenshot of it in the Discord chat for everybody to see. If you could see now, like, how the show is organized versus what this used to be, it's a little bizarre to think back on, like, how much has changed but also how much is exactly the same so we have like you know the same format generally like had we seen it before what we knew going in or what we expected initial reactions i still am complaining about hairy lower backs on people like these things you know some things are consistent (laughs) gosh the way that i shot up when you said that because i was like wait a minute what? But then, <laughs> correct. Yeah, that sh- that deserves to be called out. It's terrible. It's disgusting. That's what we're doing today, Banks. We're just going to... Assessing Harry backs. Harry backs. We're going to have all of the um, slashers, Harry backs. Can you imagine? Can we do that? I mean, we could. Um, Banks and I actually got into live streaming a bit over the last year, and we were ranking Final Girls, but we could absolutely rank people on, based on how bad their body hair is. How many films out there are full of, like noticeable body hair i don't want to find out friday the 13th 1980 brahms and then many others i'm sure all i keep thinking is hills have eyes and oh, just yeah, like well, yeah those guys have to smell like baloney or like something real bad right oh worse than that yeah worse Ooh, than like that. A, a mayo sandwich mayo sandwich <laughs> like a rotted mayo sandwich left out in the heat okay we're gonna need trigger warnings at this point <laughs> Yeah. So, Chris, if you don't like Harry Lower Backs, then like the 21 remake of Sleepover, um, oh, oh gosh, what was it called? The Summer Party Massacre. Oh, yeah. That must have been right up your alley. Mm, Mac, you're just mad that they focus on men taking showers in that movie. <laughs> Wait, one more time? We didn't need as much butt as we got in that movie. Okay. Oh, wow. They focus on the male physique. So, the original Summer yeah. Party Massacre was a very feminist movie. And when they did the remake, they decided to shoot it through the female gaze instead of the male gaze, and it was fucking hilarious. Mm. Yeah, it was like it was like a baseball locker room in in like I don't know maybe Binks's like delusions or something. That's what it felt like. That's what I'm gathering. <laughs> yeah, have we already reviewed this episode or this movie? Yeah, but we can always do a rewind. I was gonna say let's rewind on that one. <laughs> I'm like, huh? Veto is also intrigued. Interesting. Now I want to know. Very. Very interesting. Yeah. I do I do have to, to ask this burning question in my mind. When you think about the time that you that you spent on your journey with Hacker Slash, what have been some of your favorite memories? I mean, my fondest memory is just man, that's a tough one really when you think about it. But it probably is the Monsters episode because I think that was just like the initial episode of coming on and being excited. You know what I mean? And it was just such a fun way to get introduced into the into the podcast was something that I really have a lot of fun with and really loved with the characters and everything. But a close second is defending Skinamarink. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's a close second. Oh. That one's for Rob. That one's for Rob. Why is Max so traumatized right now? You know, it's it's not even the trauma. It's just that, like, you know, when I close my eyes and see nothing but like blackness and then like that TV static 
That's it's just like watching Skinamarink all over again. That's all I'm thinking about. And it's not pleasant. Uh, it's so good. It's not that it's unpleasant. It's just that it's to me so so neutral because it's so so little. It's like nothing, you know. It's like it's like you looked at vanilla. You didn't even get to taste it. Jesus, what a fucking comparison, Mac. <laughs> You're so good at that. I actually pictured vanilla, though, so it worked. I was like, oh, like the bean, the actual bean that you like open and you like take the seeds out. That's what I pictured. Wow. Now I'm just flashing back to all those years when Mac was really trying to find his analogies and a lot of them just didn't land, but that was part of the charm. It was a good time. If if you know anything about me, you know that that is actually something I enjoy doing is like using analogies that deliberately don't make sense <laughs> and using segues that are deliberately not segues. Yeah. That is something that I just like I get a lot of joy, in, you know, cuz it's like, you know, somebody says something about cheeseburgers, you go speaking about cheeseburgers and then you talk about something completely unrelated like shoes. And that is just like it's like a I don't know. It's a joke to me. I think I might have even done it on this show previously. So, I don't know. Dude, so many times. I remember it was a fucking bit because you started to do it and then Alexa started to doing it. And then she like just continued on in that legacy. It was always, speaking of, da-da-da-da, awkward change to the subject. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's my favorite. Just feels good. It was such a time. How about the rest of your favorite memories? I would have to say... I mean, I only got to do my favorite movies, so obviously that's a part of it. But calling all four corners was pretty amazing. And I being so into it and all of y'all being so terrified that we were actually doing it <laughs> was the best because I could just see all of you like, wait, do I really have to say this? And I'm like, say it. I was so serious. I was like, we're fucking calling the four corners. Nice. And yeah, I think that was my favorite because... I was really into it and y'all were like, I'm actually scared because you're so serious about it that I don't know if I actually want to do it, but we did it. Honestly, it was fucking amazing. Actually, Veto, would you use a Ouija board? Would I use it? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, okay. Here That's is where we find the Venn diagram. This is where we this is where you divert. We have the Venn diagram of Veto and Binks, and the Ouija board is not in the center of that Venn diagram. <laughs> no way. Sorry. I mean I I talk to the spirits already, you know, so I'm good. I'm Gucci. I'll probably get some like really cool person <laughs> trying to trying to come at me, you know? I'm not willing to take my chances, truthfully. The the generational trauma and fear is like it's too it's too layered it's too deep it's got a it's got a too strong of a hold on me. I don't care about Ouija boards. You don't care about them? Ooh. No, it looks it looks like a bad vision test. It's so silly. <laughs> a bad vision test. They should we should just start using those. Plop them back there. Okay, what letter are we seeing here? Have them spell it out. It's like yeah. die, bitch. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. Uh, Sarah, you ask in the chat, have any of you actually used a Ouija board? I personally have not because I have lived in the um, shadow of my sister's experience. But you know what? I'm going to buy a spooky looking one and do it with Sean at some point. Yep. I have fucked around with Ouija boards, but made no friends. So <laughs> I haven't used them, but I've also never played backgammon. And to me, that's basically the same thing. How? And, and please, not, no. not the same game, but it's the same level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is calling back to you and your analogies. Go ahead and explain to me how backgammon and Ouija boards have anything to do with each other. They're both board games <laughs> for children. For children? A Ouija board is for children? Oh, man. I want I want somebody to come at you, Mac. I want somebody to just like your lights to start flickering. <laughs> Jeez, bring it I on. I want it. 
Sean, we're doing this. Oh my gosh. I used to play with Ouija board and I pretty much did everything against my, what my Latina mom would ask me to do. She'd be like, don't fuck with that shit. And I'd be like, bet I'm doing it. So I used to do it all the time and then uh, play light as a feather, stiff as a board. That shit was so much fun. Yep. You do, you're really doing your best craft. Yep. It's in, it's in, it's in my soul. Man, we have so many memories to think back on, I know a lot of that is going to come later tonight when we're at the meetup. Veto, I'm so sad that you won't be there. But I also wonder then, thinking about the road ahead and thinking about the future, where the show has evolved so much, right? I remember back in my day, it was a very different experience. So thinking into the future, what do you think you're most excited about for the upcoming anniversaries? I think I'm looking forward to not handwriting any sort of role-playing game. I think I'm looking forward to that. You already got a pass on it this year. <laughs> I know. Well, so in the past, I'm first of all, I've never actually played role playing like tabletop role playing games ever before we started to do them. And it seemed like a lot of fun. And it was a lot of fun, but it was really bad uh, because I, I can't execute the way that I wish I could. Right. But now, because I, I mean, I get horrible writer's block anytime I need to write anything. And so AI exists now. And so now like it would it would be so much easier just to direct you know, to, to play the AI and to tell it what to write. And it doesn't get writer's block. It just, you know, sometimes writes garbage, but you know, they just tell it to do it again. It takes two and a half minutes. It's great. It's easy. And so, yeah, if we end up doing anything like that again, that requires spontaneity, you don't have to rely on my robot brain because there's, there's better trained mechanisms for it now. I mean, ironically, we are still relying on your robot brain, but go off. I mean, I don't even know because you know, this is like the first anniversary that I've been a part of or would be a part of. So I don't even know, you know, what to expect for other anniversaries. I'm just looking forward to talking about more horror movies, you know, whether they're good or shitty. Just here for the vibe, huh? Just I'm just here for a good time, you know? I think it is cool, though, to see how much even within like this year that we've been on, how much it's already grown. So I guess in such little time, right, it, we, that we've already like grown so much. And even then, when we joined, it had already also been growing even faster. So like, who knows where we're going to be even a year from now, you know? So I think that that's fun. More sponsors, maybe? I don't know. Mm. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, hopefully. Wink, wink. I think I remember, Chris, when you started, when you asked me, you're like, do you want to be on an episode? And I was like, wait, I get to A, just talk shit about movies that I watch by myself all the time anyway? Yes, please. So I think there's so much more, I think, with the community piece that is already kind of growing and seeing that evolve, I think will be super cool. And then maybe we can just quit our jobs and just be millionaires somewhere and on a beach and do this for fun. That'd be fucking rad. <laughs> I'm praying, dog. I'll, I'll light a candle right now. Same thing's candle right away. <laughs> Start manifesting and praying. That would be incredible. No, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely really excited. I think one of the things that's coolest is like I'm looking at a chart of when we first started the show, what were our downloads at for that month? And then seeing the difference between October 2017 at 308 to then even like let's look back at august 19,110 just in a month that's not even all time that's not you know over the past year that's just one single month worth of downloads not even looking at just like the newest episodes but just people who are discovering the old back catalog it's wild to me how much this has grown and i cannot thank y'all enough for the gift of your time and your energy because y'all have really fucking made this thing special oh how nice how sweet you're so kind. All right. Go throw up now. Well, hey, I know it's only been a year for you guys. Okay. So just know that over time, it becomes a part of your identity. 
it becomes part of like what people know about you. And it's not just, especially good for me. Cause like, I don't really have a lot of time for, for hobbies and, and passions and stuff like that. So this is the hobby and the passion and people be like, Oh, that's right. You're the one with the podcast. Oh, you're really into horror movies, which is hilarious because I'm actually way more into like sci-fi movies or whatever, but I'm also into horror movies. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of be cool to like be known for something and, uh, and not just having a voice of, of, of any sort, I, you know, my voice is fine or whatever. And some people like it, especially, uh, Alexis's mother really loved it, but, um, <laughs> she really did nothing wrong with that, but no, I'd rather be known for like being into something. I remember that fact from listening. I, I will say fun little story, quick story. So I definitely feel that Mac because I feel like that's already happening to me for sure. And there's two pieces of evidence that show that both occurring at my birthday party. One is that one of my closest friends, she got like my little logo, whatever, and she put, she did it on edible paper and she put it on cupcakes that were served at my party. It was real sweet and super cute. But more importantly, several people there, when Chris arrived, they were like, oh shit, like famous people are now here. <laughs> like, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I swear. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. Ooh. Famous people. Yeah. Yeah. Several, including, so my uncle called me and told me that my brother told him that he finally met you <laughs> and Ripley and was like, oh, snap. Wow. Yeah. He told me that, you know, he met some of, the, of your friends from the podcast. And then like two or three other friends of mine that were there were like, yeah, the, you know, famous people were in the room. It was super cool. Jesus Christ. So <laughs> there you go. That is fucking hilarious. That's great. We got to start practicing your signature, Chris. Oh, no. Beto, you don't know this about me. I have been practicing my signature since I was 14 years old because I was convinced I was going to play professional softball. My signature is fucking rad. Nice. It's fucking great. I am actually quite proud of it. That was you subconsciously manifesting fame. That's what that was. Look at me thinking I was going to be a softball player. What kind of lesbian was I? A good one. <laughs> I, Vero said it. Vero said it. I, I was thinking it, but she said it. So I just I just want to make that clear. Oh, thanks. So my signature, I tried to copy my dad's because I was I was sign his signature for like all the times I would get in trouble. So he had like a <laughs> yeah. whole bunch of like swirly stuff. So I did mine like that. And then maybe like what I was 16 when I got my driver's license. I don't know. Fast forward like seven years. My best friend looks at my signature and she's like, why do you write out V-Box? And I was like, no, that. And I looked at it. I legit spelled out V-Box on my signature, not knowing that that's what it said. So, yep. And it's everywhere. Passport. All of it has V-Box on it. So that that's what she calls me. That's my nickname. I, too, got good at forging my parents' signature and also changing all of the contact info for my school to my own phone so that I could just get called when, <laughs> whenever. <laughs> that happens to Bobby now. There's a guy, I, I have to ask him the name, but there's a kid that put his phone number for like the, so the school calls him and he's like, he's not coming, he's not here today. Like, just want to make sure he's good. Yep. So Bobby's like, what the hell? Has no kid. This guy just like gave a random number That's um, awesome. and it's in Florida too. So he's like, should I like call and tell him that is the fake number just in case like something's wrong with him? I'm like, don't be a fucking narc, dude. Yeah. Just let it happen. Let the kid live. Yeah. What if something crazy happens and the kid really does need his emergency contact and then... That's on that fucking kid. It is. You gotta make decisions in life and you gotta live with them. If I, something happened to me, that's on me, you know? My dream is that one day, 
one day that kid is going to grow up, listen to this podcast, and know that he was the one who faked his parents' number with a Florida, random Florida number and uh, and, and just reveal himself to, to us so that you can meet your long-lost <laughs> that was son. me. That was me. He also gets, like, notifications when, like, the school is closing for flooding and stuff. And he's like, God damn it. I'm like, listen, let that kid live. Let that kid do his shit. That is so funny. Now in my mind, you and Bobby, you're just like the cool aunt and uncle. Hell yeah. We're not going to pick him up from school, though. That, he's going to stay there. <laughs> in reality, this kid is Brightburn. Oh, that's so good. Also, shout out to these nice messages that we're getting in the chat. Sarah says, I wish so much that I found this podcast sooner. I've always been a huge horror fan, but most people in my life aren't. So I'm just endlessly annoying my wife with horror trivia and rewatching movies on my own. I love that I can be a part of this community now. Yeah, that's awesome. That's real sweet. Happy to have you. That's real sweet. I love that. And then uh, I found the show before they did the they did this, and it was so rough. I had to yell at them on social media. So much easier to do it now in real time. Honestly, Rob, your real time <laughs> feedback makes us better. So thank you. Uh, same. I found the pod last year with a nope episode and instantly felt at horror home. Oh, I love this. You know, Vero and I uh, made a, a a nice little bonfire for you all. That's. If they're not in the live chat right now, you'll hear it when this episode releases. So that'll be a fun little mind fuck for your time travel. But uh, we talked about like, what does it mean to feel welcome and feel at home? So I think this is a, a great little theme we got going on here, folks. I was trying to make her cry and then karma bitch slapped me and I almost fucking cried myself. I was like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a strong woman. And then I'm like, why the fuck am I going to cry right now? I'm so excited. Well, I think it's time for us to get this fucking show on the road, huh? I think so. Everything within the horror section is ours to rent. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party, <laughs> beings. Fuck, bro. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. I'm expressive. <laughs> it just made me laugh so much. I was like looking up, Veto serious, Max serious, Sean's okay. And I just look at you just looking like you're disappointed in me. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> All right, here we go. Personal penis enlarger. <laughs> Sometimes I'm convinced that that you that these lines don't actually exist. Like they're not in the in the movie. They're in there. And just so oh, I can't, Sean. <laughs> you get it, dude. You fucking get it. Uh, I need a second to recover. It felt like it was a sponsor already. <laughs> my my thing is why the fuck didn't we make that the sponsor instead yeah. of what we have now let's have the air uh, switch it up okay all right i can't whistle but this is when i would whistle <laughs> <laughs> that sound effect is better like the sims woohoo <laughs> wahoo wahoo this is the wahoo moment this is my new signature. this is what i want to be known for mac wahoo what's up binks I was going to say, how funny is it that the two New Bloods are the ones that hacked this movie <laughs> and this is called The New Blood? You know what? That's actually... I mean, hey, technically, Veto's also New Blood. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I'm a blood transfusion right now, to be honest. I've, I've, I've been coming back. You know what I mean? You need me. 